Welcome to Basketball on Figaro, the only podcast breaking down everything happening with the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Edwin Garcia, and joining me today, as usual, is Dar E and Vaziri, aka Dime Dropper. Dime. How'd you like that All-Star weekend, man? It was quite awful, but there was some good stuff in there, especially Steph and Sabrina. We were both wrong on that. But it was a great competition. I love that Sabrina shot from the NBA line, and it was a great battle, and the three-point contest was good. Other than that, very disappointing. I still haven't even watched the dunk contest. I was busy, so I'm going to watch it and see how it was. But from what I heard – Lucky you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, let's let's jump right into it. A different episode today because we're in the break, right? It's like the, the eye of the hurricane. Right, there's no Laker games to recap, no Clipper games to recap, and even this week it's light. Lakers don't play until Thursday, so it won't even be a full week of, of games necessarily. But what we're gonna do, we're gonna talk about All Star Weekend, and I thought of this idea of let's come up with five questions combined for both teams. Like the big questions we have is we're just about in the final stretch. Um, a lot of people talk about the All Star break, like oh, it's the halfway point. No, it's not. The Lakers are like five games away from being done with 75% of the season. So we're far from halfway. We're closer to 75% done. So it just feels like a break because it's like this and then the big run. But we have the final stretch coming up. So we're going to kind of preview that final stretch by asking some bigger picture questions on the Lakers and the Clippers. And then we'll preview the games as usual. So let's start with that All-Star weekend. We, we already kind of previewed it a little bit there. Dime said it was awful. I kind of agree uh, for the most part felt the same thing. I'll tell y'all something. I haven't told anyone, but it's also been clear if you've been watching it a little bit. I didn't watch a minute of the All-Star game. I skipped it. Instead, I cleaned my room. I, I did some other stuff I need to do, bureaucratic stuff behind the scenes. I was like, you know what? I already know this isn't going to be good. Uh, I'm good. It's fine. And man, it's hard to get the internet to all agree on something. <laughs> I did not see one person who said, actually, it was a good time. It was fine. I liked it. I don't know. I didn't see one person. All I heard was people saying it was awful. And the closest I got to not awful was some people saying, come on, guys. Like, this is what it is and that kind of thing. But and no one really stood there and defended what it was. So since I didn't watch it and I only saw a few clips on, on Twitter, all I saw was a couple of logo Shots from Dame, a couple shots from Steph. The Luka Jokic two-man weave without the weaving was hilarious. Uh, but Dime, since I didn't watch it, uh, how would you describe that All-Star game? I think you made an excellent decision, a business decision, and one I wish I would have made, but I, I was like, I'll give it a chance. By far the worst All-Star game I've ever watched. Not a shred of defense, not a shred of care, competitiveness. Not You know, usually when, like, I'm not going to say I grew up in the best era for all-star games because my first all-star game was 06 in Houston, which I thought was a great one. And there was some really good ones like 08, 2010. Um, but I did see my fair share of blowouts as well, right? Like even in, when Kobe was around uh, playing. The thing is, though, in each of those all-star games, there would be a point in like the fourth quarter where people were like, okay, now let's see if we can win the game. You know what I mean? This was the first one besides, I'd say this one in 2021 were two all-star games where there was no push really. Like it was just the players were just playing like a glorified fool around game. And it felt, looked like it was so much fun for them, but no fun for any of us at all. And like Jokic and, and Doncic, you should have seen how ridiculous they were. Like Luca, he tried to get a two for one and he shot the ball from 75 feet. 
Like wow. it was just, it was just people taking turns shooting 70 footers wide open. Like that's really what it was. I mean, anyone that wanted to score could score. It was just, you know, it might as well not even have the game, honestly, anymore. Like seriously, it might as well not even have it. Just give them the all-star selection. They can go out and have a good time that weekend, but it's just, it's not even worth it. But the thing is, here's the thing why nothing's going to happen. They still make money. But that was the last I'm going to watch it. I'm not watching it next year. I'll watch this, the, the Saturday wow. night. But no, I won't, it's, not, it's no point, Edwin. I think you will watch it. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that next year. I think you will watch it. I think they will make some some adjustments. I'm not sure what they're going to be. But it, it seems this was the first time I felt like it was unanimously everyone kind of upset about it. And it seemed like even uh, Adam Silver, I did see him presenting the, the award. And he's like, East, you scored the most points. Okay, and I was like, "Oh, spicy from from the from uh, from the uh, you know the person in charge of of the operations in terms of being the face of the, one of the faces of the league is also 100% Adam Silver, right? He didn't seem very happy with that, uh, and it seemed like no one was really happy with that. So I'm curious to see if that changes. And a bunch of articles came out th- this past like 24 hours about do this and do that, do this and do that. So uh, I do want to kind of brainstorm some of this. I will say, in time, you you did a good job kind of explaining it. I'm not, not going to play devil's advocate, but I will say it has always been kind of this. But like you said, there would be moments within the game where two players kind of start going at each other or when it got close where it happened. But if you really watch any of those years, any year, you can pick the year in the 2000s at least. Pick the year, turn on the commentary, and I promise you they're complaining about the lack of defense. They're complaining about the effort, and they're reminiscing about three to five to ten years before whatever year that was. But like you said, I will say that, yes, in the – 2000s, even in late 90s, there were there would be a moment where okay, it's an eight point game, like let, let's kind of ramp it up a little. And you didn't get that from what everyone said on this one. It it just kind of never ramped up. And um, one thing that was interesting, uh, Dave McMinniman from ESPN, uh, friend of the show. Well, actually, I probably shouldn't say he's friend of the show. I have to ask him if he wants to be considered a friend of the show. He'll probably be like Edwin. What show are you talking about? I'm like, you don't watch basketball, figure it all. Like, what's going on? You know, first I'm gonna, you know what? That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to ask him if he listens to Basketball Figaro. And then when he says no, I'll explain what it is and we'll we'll take it from there. So soon to be friends of the show, <laughs> Dave McVitamin. He put on his IG, um, he put up like, you know, some pictures and behind the scenes from All-Star Weekend. And he kind of made some suggestions. And he had a few that I thought were kind of productive. One was to make the break 10 days. That way, even the players playing get a week off. Because I think that's one of the things that kind of sours him on it. It's like, oh, everyone else gets off. We got to do this fake job thing. I think that was a good idea. And he mentioned that he hoped Wemby's there next year, kind of get some youth, get some star power that's young. They might want to prove themselves on a bigger stage, kind of add that spice, which of course that's based on voting and on coaches and, and, you know, the people in charge media, all that stuff to kind of get that going. But I think that's an interesting thing. And I think there will be some changes. I think the reason I think you'll watch it next year is I think they'll make enough changes. I'm not sure what, but I think they'll make enough changes to make you say, all right, Let's see if this is better. I do not think they're going to run this back as is 100%. I do not. I think this was one of those uh, last straws for Adam Silver in the league, seeing this kind of display. This was a big moment for the NBA. Like you said, it's the all-star game. It's a big opportunity. And when you really look at everything else, there's no football. March Madness is too far away. Hockey's in the same position. This is a moment where the NBA could have really highlighted for the casual fan Check out this product. Check out this game. How exciting. You can't watch football anyway. You can't watch baseball yet. Come check out what we're doing while we head towards the playoffs. These are the kind of players that are out there and what's happening. 
And for a casual person, it doesn't sound like this was a good selling point. And that's a problem. That's a problem. This was this is a week where you can take advantage of uh, market share that's available. And it sounds like the NBA didn't do a good job of that. Uh, so what, if you were in charge and they asked you how, what changes could you make to make it better, what would your suggestion be? You know, that's a tough question, Edwin, because I don't think the baseball formula is going to go over well with NBA people and players. The winner of the All-Star game, that conference gets home court advantage, whichever team comes out in the finals. I think that's probably a little much. Um, I don't want, I don't think they should get paid. I really don't. It's a privilege to be in the all-star game. Like, you know what I'm saying? It is a privilege. They should not get paid. Like that, that's a ludicrous suggestion. Like these players before got way less than them and they played hard. Like before, before my time, before my time though, I've watched the 69 all-star game. I watched the 88 all-star game and maybe that wasn't smart that they were going so hard, but it was legitimately like a game between the best players in the world playing each other. Like, but to the point where there's some injuries would happen though, which is not what we want now, which is, that's the thing. You know, if you compete, you might get an injury. That's what they don't want to risk. It's like impossible. The only thing I think that can change it is the players just caring more, but see one thing I love, and this is what weirs were so spoiled to see for so long here in LA is even if the game wasn't serious, when Kobe was playing and he was healthy, he was, he was going serious. I can't remember one all-star game that Kobe didn't take seriously. It almost annoyed me because I really liked LeBron as a kid, so I used to root for LeBron to get MVP of the all-star game, believe it or not. And Kobe, whenever, like, there was just some games where he would just be going so hard. Westbrook did the same thing when he won his back-to-back -back MVPs and just was going so hard to the point where I was like, well, of course he's going to win. No one's trying. But then there were the other ones where – there was a great close game. LeBron won two MVPs in some close games. Uh, Kobe, I, I'm not, I didn't watch his first one. I watched 07, 09, and 2011, which is the three MVPs that Kobe won besides that first one, the All-Star game. And all those games were pretty much commanding wins for the West. But the, and then in 2010, and I believe 08, I could be wrong on this, but I think those are the two years. Kobe wasn't 100%, so he didn't play many minutes in those All-Star games. And they yeah. lost, the West lost. But like, see, that's just how funny it was that he would play so hard. But he would he would put it he would make it to the point where okay, either you guys are gonna play hard and make this a close game, or you're not. I'm just gonna blow you out. And I went to win MVP. And he has four four. He has the most MVPs as a reason. They named the trophy after him. So, I think you know Kobe's name has come up a lot this weekend because of this lack of competitiveness in the All Star game. And uh, I'm just blessed that we got to see that. You know, it's just one of a kind kind of player, kind of competitor. Um, and yeah. Yeah, he's the standard for us all in anything. Not even it goes past even the basketball, right? That that's the kind of drive that he had, and and the imprint and, and uh, impact he had on the city of Los Angeles, on the basketball community, and the world at large. I think for me, I I don't know why they went away from the team Braun, you know, team Giannis kind of thing. I think that was helpful. I think the twenty four points at the end that was helpful. I, I thought. Getting rid of that just to get back to East-West, I don't think you really cared about East-West like that. East-West, I think we do have a rivalry a little bit, but it's more like through the season. We don't – no one really – no, I've never heard anyone be like, um, oh, the West is better. We won the All-Star game. It's always like the West is better. We have better records. We got more titles. Our top four teams are – what you know, we compare the regular season. We don't. No one really looks at the All-Star game for bragging rights. So I thought bringing it back, it was cool because at least that's the traditional one, but – I think that was something no one really cared about. They're like, we just want to see the stars play well. And it was, yeah, cool. but so 
you think Team Giannis and Team Braun was more competitive? Like, I thought it was less competitive when it was you just grew up presenting another grown man. Like, what's the pride in that? Like, at least the conference. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> serious. Team Braun, like, what, what pride does Anthony Edwards have for playing for Team Braun? Like, you know, he's in the, the greatest basketball, putting on the jersey to represent. You were drafted by the greatest basketball player of all time. I think there's some pride to that. You know what I mean? I don't know about the honest. That's if you think he's the GOAT. But even if you don't think he's the GOAT, okay, fine. He's the top five, whatever. But uh, Giannis is a is a very all, – he's an all-time great already. But, like, you know, yes. what's the pride in that? Like, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's a little weird I was to happy like, that you're a stand, but, you know. <laughs> I was happy they brought it back to East and West, but it's a shame that nobody had pride in it. As I mean, and you're, you're right about the conversation thing. Nobody brags when it comes to – but we do, as West Coast fans, I've always tra- talked trash to my – when I was at, in college, it happened the most because I was living in the East Coast. So, I'd be like, you guys – like, these, you Celtics fans have it so easy. Like, you don't understand what it's been like my whole life playing against these Western Conference teams, and you have to win 48 games to get the eight seed, like – just a nightmare, yeah. you know. I, I kept telling them, like, your Isaiah Thomas Celtics team got the number one seed in the East. Like, my Lob City team would have gotten the top three seed year in, year out if that's what Toronto was doing. Are you kidding me? But we never even yeah. got a top two seed. So it was an argument know. people had about well, again, people try to um bring down LeBron's greatness all the time. But one of the arguments was, well, he's in the East, like you know, the East is weak. He just he just steamrolls them because he's so good. Um, was which weaker. I thought was <laughs> I mean it was it, it's weird. It's it's a funny thing it's, to be like, he's so he's better than half the league. Like, I mean, come on. Like, I don't think he got to the teams, finals well, just his, because he he the well he's a little weaker. He had when when he made the he made it one time to the finals before he had some help. When he had help, you yes, the best player in the league with help in a weak conference was too dominant. But he had some help. We're not gonna act like right, he had but, nobody. Sure, but um, I just feel like that. That I don't. I don't look at. I don't look as a point against LeBron because he played in the East and he was like ducking the West or something like that. And I feel like sometimes the conversation got to that. I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. No one else could come out of the East. I mean, there's plenty of great players, right? Like, I don't know. But, but yeah, you're right. In general, I agree. The East is usually weaker than the West. Uh, well, and, the and only time that was not true was the Jordan era because of the Bulls, you know? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, and I think you can hold the same. If you want to, Here's where it comes into play when people say when people say LeBron's made ten finals and then someone say oh but he did it and he made the finals so much because it was because he played in a weak East you know I think it also can apply to the Elgin Baylor and Jerry West Lakers West I think that West in the sixties um, from studying yeah. it it wasn't as strong whereas like in the East Oscar Robertson some years didn't even make the playoffs and he he had, still was playing with an All Star too and they didn't even make the playoffs so like I think in the sixties the East was better. I'm in the era that I'm on in the dime line, the early seventies, it's actually pretty even. They've just created conferences and they moved Milwaukee to the West. So that's like an interesting time because Kareem's and the Oscar are on the bucks. So I think the seventies is a little interesting eighties though. I'd have to say from what I've heard magic and the Showtime West, they'd run through that sh- stuff, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, though? they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So I think maybe the eighties, uh, I think that's what I I also say to those East Coast people. I say, look, when you guys had the better conference, it, it, we admitted it. But this 2000s, 2010s, and now it maybe was a couple yeah, years. It's been a minute, yeah. yeah, it's the West time now in this new millennium. So exactly, you know. So we'll see what changes they do make. I do think they will make some changes. As you mentioned, I did watch everything that happened. I missed some of the skills contests, but everything on Saturday I watched. I was over at. Uh, some some Lakers fans houses and stuff and like watching the game watching all the events there and yeah 
Sabrina stuff was, it was even better than I thought it was going to be. And I was already like, that's my main thing. You're right, we were wrong, but man, we were barely wrong. 29-26, Steph won. I really wish they made it best of three because I'm like, I want to see more. Like, just one round? Like, come on, just you know, make it best of three. So I would have liked that. That's my only complaint. But, man, it was fantastic. Again, Sabrina killed it. I was, like I said, I was not worried about the the distance thing. It's funny because Kenny got in trouble for being a clown about that. But the distance thing was so weird to me because I'm like, if you watch her play, she can shoot from the logo, no problem. So I'm like, those whatever the two and a half, three feet, whatever the exact inches are, like it's, it's not going to make a difference because she can shoot from anywhere. I was more concerned about is she in shape, like game shape, like Steph is right now because Steph's in the middle of the season and Sabrina's in her off season. She seems to be pretty fine. One comment I want to make, and then I'll, I'll throw it back to you about this, was I was a little nervous before because, you know, they were they said they allowed them to warm up a little and kind of shoot, you know, for a minute. And Sabrina looked off. She was missing a lot of shots. And I'm like, oh, man, she might be rusty. And then the minute it started, seven straight she made. I'm like, oh, snap. And then she had the little rough patch in the middle, and then she finished strong uh, and props to her. She she was incredible. Only people who scored more than her in the three-point you know, shooting contest was Steph, who won, and Dame, who won the whole thing. So she was she had the, she put up the third-best numbers from the same distance and all that. Of course, you know, you and I, we, we, we know that there's plenty of women ballers who are amazing. And I, for at least uh, hopefully a few people became more fans of her. We're aware of it. I'm like, oh, there it is. She was right there, three-point line, men's line, and you know, had Steph sweating a little. He had to bring it, or else he would have lost. Because it was, it was he two buckets. He made the money shot at the end, and then one extra one that that gave him the three to go up to 29. So it was close. It, he she went against the the best shooter of all time, and and he needed to bring it to 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 get it done. But he got it done. Uh, what were your thoughts about the Steph versus Sabrina three-point contest? Super entertaining. Um, I thought Kenny was being a little weird. Love Kenny, but I thought he was being a little weird. And just the sense that she lost to Steph by three points. Like, who cares? And, you know, talking about it made it seem like it wasn't a fair fight. Okay, maybe she would have won if you put her on the women's three-point line. It's no big deal. I mean, what else do Do they have the same jersey? Like, I mean, nothing's ever even. Like, it's so weird. Uh, especially competition. That's how competition is. You know, like, we talk about that with title. Everything, you can always, unless, you, look, if you want to make it even, just play 2K. You know what I mean? Like players get hurt stuff get foul calls like it's sports like we ideally want to come in as the best version of ourselves with as close to even like rules but no matter what there's always something you know what i mean like it, it was weird yeah i don't know what's going on with them with that stuff but anyway uh go ahead yeah i mean it was a very it was my favorite part of the night watching it and you know i know how great sabrina is one of my best friends went to oregon i was on the men's team at the time that she was on the women's team and you know, she was the biggest star on campus in terms of the popularity when the games were going on. She was a legend at Oregon, and it's great to see that she's doing amazing things in the W. So not surprised at all. And it was it was great to watch. And I think, honestly, maybe one of the keys to reviving Saturday night, because Saturday night used to be what I lived for. I, I used to have my friends over for it. I loved it. And I think they've severely heard it in the Adam Silver era. I think one way you can really maybe revive it is get the WNBA players more involved in it. That brings a different target audience, gets some people interested, and uh, gives them more shine on a big stage. So I think that that is an idea in some ways. Everybody talks about one-on-one, -on -one, but the players won't go hard enough for that. You'll get I Spencer Dinwiddie's and Bones Highlands. That's what you're going to get. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, we, we, we joked about I was with my friends, uh, you know, watching all of Saturday's events. Saturday, I watched everything. And we were joking about that. We're like, we should have it, like you said, 
it's one on one. I just wonder if Steph and Katie and LeBron are really going to want to go at it. I think LeBron at this age, he won't even do a dunk contest. You think he wants to do one on one? One on one's a little different than dunk contest. I feel like at this point he didn't do it because like people wanted it so bad. He's like, you know, I don't want to do it. It's fine. Uh, But one on one, he might. But the thing is, like you said, and Magic and Jordan (laughs) talked. Magic and Jordan talked about this once, especially Jordan. I don't know if you heard that story of uh, they wanted to pay him to play one on one Magic back in the day. Did you hear about this? No, sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, he it was a promotional thing or something, and they wanted him to play uh, Magic one on one. But it was before he won any titles, and he said, "I'm not going to do it." He's like, "It's not because I'm scared or you know anything like that." It was just that I'm going to lose lose. If I win, they're going to say, "Yeah, but that's why he's not a team player." That's what we've been saying. He's a leading point scorer. He's he's a bucket getter. He's not a team player. So of course he beat Magic. And then if I lose, they're going to say, "Look, he can't even beat Magic one on one, and he's a ball hog, not a team player." Again, it's funny people would think of. Michael Jordan is one thing, but there was moments in his career he wasn't that. Before 91, he was the ball hawk who can't get it done because he doesn't play enough team basketball. That was his narrative. And they had the evidence with his losses to the Pistons, et cetera, et cetera. So he kind of declined that. That never happened. Of course, as his career has gone on, it's a silly thing, but it almost did. If he would have agreed, we would have got Magic MJ one-on-one like in 88 or something. That would have been awesome. So, um, we were joking about that. Like maybe certain players wouldn't want to play. Cause they're like, well, what's the point? They're going to say that I'm not as good as whatever, or like, I'm still not a team player, like, like X player. So we kind of joked around that they should do it a, as a middle and just have it be the like <laughs> players that only play like 20 minutes or, or less. And let, yeah, let's get Spencer Dinwiddie versus bones. Let's get uh Rui Hachimura versus like, you know, uh Torian Prince or something like that. Like just let's, it's really get funny with it. Only players that are eighth to ninth on the depth chart, <laughs> you know. Let, let's do that. I think three three by three would be pretty good. Three x three would be good if we got the teams involved. If you're worried about injuries or something, maybe make it, maybe they bring the G leaguers in and be like, okay, South Bay versus the Ontario Clippers. Like, let's do some three x three. Get that going. I think three x three basketball can be really exciting, especially at the high level. And when you get younger players, it moves much faster. And it, it's just a different game. I think that could be interesting as well. And I agree with you with the WNBA. I think bringing them more in, that, that brought more eyes to it, right? Steph was already in a scenario where he's in a lose-lose with three-point contest as well. He's the best shooter. He's won it twice. What, he's going to win it three, four, five times. And if he loses, he's like, oh, you lost. So this was a new challenge that, that spiced it up. I don't remember what it was called, but they used to have the WNBA players do like a 2v2 a two with – the NBA, like one, like Lisa Leslie would join with like, you know, um, a Laker and they did something. Do you remember those all-star games? I can't remember what year that was. You mean the higher shooting stars? May- I don't remember the name. I just remember the seeing shooting, it. But I- the higher shooting stars was an underrated event for me. It was the start of Saturday night. You'd have a WNBA player, an old player, and an NBA player. And they played in that game that was like you shoot spots from different shots. It was like a relay. Yes, and then they ended yes, up yes. having a shot. It was an underrated event because it was funny to see the women's player that would usually make the half-court shot. And Reggie Miller would always say that. He said, usually it's not the NBA player, but the WNBA player that hits the half-court shot. And it was actually kind of true. <laughs> they did. And then you'd have an old-school player. So it was cool to see like a, you know, a vintage player, a little bit out of shape in their jersey. But it was just funny. Sure. You know? Yeah, um, I was something like that. I don't know why. I, I think they discontinued that competition because people didn't talk about it enough, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I think they should bring it back. And you know what I was thinking of just now? 
they should bring back i think they've done this like once or twice way back when but the legends game just have like any old school <laughs> players that want to want to play and like have them like i know they're gonna be so washed and it's gonna like hurt seeing all our idols like hey i saw coutinho mobley play, play with the big oh. three um like a month ago and he was still getting buckets he was slow he, but he's, he's getting buckets He's an exception. Cat's an exception. Mah- Mahmoud Abdul Rahouf, I bet you would play in that game. This would be great, though. I think this would actually cause right. people to watch. I don't know why they haven't thought of this. I'm gonna have to post yeah, this on Twitter good. just to get the word started. Let's bring the let's bring the Legends game back. Let's bring the yeah, uh, old timers game back. That's what. Let's do that. Yeah, m- maybe instead of skill challenge again, add it. Like you said, add WNBA. It's an easy thing to do. You know, so all all team there's enough teams, enough representation that you can you can find a you know guy girl partner and then they're you know they're doing the layup, they're doing the shots, they're working together. You hit the corner three, I hit the corner three. That'd be fun. Yeah, that, that makes it more interesting. It, it I got another for sure. So. I got another Go suggestion. How about an event that involves the officials doing something? I don't know what you know. I thought of Barkley versus Bavetta, but something involving the officials for us to get to know these reps better would be hilarious. I think. I don't know. I would they, they, they're very careful on the, the refs. I would love to just do some trolling. Like, I don't know. Let me let, watch make, the refs make them, make three on three. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. No, I, I want to see them. I, I hate instant replays, but maybe we can analyze their instant replays and be like, there's a right or wrong answer. It's like a tricky question, and they have to review it, and then you know we vote on if they get it right or wrong. Like, so, I don't know. Let's just put their feet to the fire a little bit. You know, God They get Potter. eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> two on two, Scott Foster and John Goble versus. Uh, you know, I will take that alone if it could be Scott Foster versus <laughs> CP3. What <laughs> Scott Foster's getting cooked. How about you know, it would be great, like bring Joey Crawford out of retirement and let him play one on one with uh, Tony Brothers. Jim Duncan. <laughs> Tony Brothers. <laughs> okay, we're getting off the rails, but as, as you can see. There's other ideas that I do think can be good, can be fun. This is a great game. This is a great we, – That's what, we love this sport. It, we can highlight it in a different way and fine. Let's see what we can, they can do to fix the Oscar game. But there's also the, the things around it, the dunk contest when you watch it. Oh, my God. It was it was another one that was worse. And that one – what made that one discouraging was that the players were trying. It just wasn't good. So it's like, oh, this, is, this, this whole thing might need to get, like, thrown out. I don't know. we got to figure something out. Because, yeah, the, the players weren't hot-dogging it or anything. They were trying to they, – they did – the players who tried did the best they could. <laughs> that, that, that's who was there. So that was that one was just rough, you know. No one would question their effort. You just would question <laughs> whether we should keep doing it or not. But three-point was what it normally is, which is good. Steph Sabrina was phenomenal. Skills challenge was meh. And then the, the All-Star game itself was bad. So I don't know. We'll see if they, they add some more of that stuff. I think there, there, there's some there's some good there. Add more WMA players. And then let's see if we can figure out some kind of way to get the players more on board for a little bit more competition there. We want to see the players play good, and we get it. It's loose. It's going to be a little loose on defense. That's fine. It can't be this loose. It, it, can't, it can't be an open gym. I mean, like, I see better effort at the end of a Lakers practice than, than the All-Star game. That, that, that can't happen. Okay, let's jump into the next segment, which is five questions we have about the Lakers and Clippers as we head to the final stretch here this season. We got about 30-ish games left. That's about the final stretch here. So we'll we'll do three Clippers questions, two Lakers. We'll just keep going 1v1 until we run out. So, Dime, start us off. What's your first big question you have about the Clippers uh, as we try to finish off this season? I think it's pretty obvious. It's how are we going to combat teams with size that play multiple bigs and have bigger forwards because we didn't pick up anybody. We didn't trade for anybody and we're a little thin on that front line. Are we going to play 
Daniel Tyson Zubats at the same time? Are we just going to fully lean into Kawhi Leonard and Amir Coffey at the four? Are we going to use PJ Tucker? I doubt it. I doubt it. You know, Kobe Brown. Are we going to be able to get by with this stuff? That's the main question. Okay. Um, I'll answer it and then you can answer. Uh, so we can kind of get a discussion going. I think I think PJ Tucker is going to win or lose you a playoff game. You're assuming right he's, gonna, so he's gonna get into the rotation, is what you're saying? Is he gonna get put in just for the playoffs? You're gonna start getting put in as the season continues. He's gonna get put in. I mean, he'll get put in sometimes, but he'll 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 he will he will win or lose a playoff game. There'll be one where his number gets called and he plays eight to 15 minutes in a big moment and he either shines and you're like, Oh, he saved us. Or he plays and you're like, that's when I knew we were desperate and we went to him and he sucked and we lost. I think he's going to play a big enough role like that because of the size, because of his experience, because he's a, he's a hooper in the sense that he's been there, done that. I think, I think Ty Lue will trust him in, in a tough moment in a, a game four, a game five, a game three, not, 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 not in a game one. I don't think you'll see him in, in early in the series, but I think as they, as they start to combat things in a diff, different series with a team with size, he'll be like, you know what? Let, let's see if, if PJ can give us some time here and help us out. I think he's going to play that kind of role. And I think the Clippers will go as, of course, they have to, they have to go for them to go far. Kawhi and PG have to be in Harden and Russ. They have to be pretty much close to the best versions of themselves. They don't have to always be there, but they got to be kind of close. The other person who has to kind of break out, that's Zoo. There's not that much size. That's not going to change, like you said. Yeah, maybe they can find a way to take a flyer on a guy on waivers. Maybe, probably not. Even so, that player will not be of the quality or have the potential to make the impact Zoo does. Zoo's going to have to step up. He's going to have to grow up here the same way for the Lakers. Austin Reeves took that step. You know, he's going to have to take a step. He doesn't take a step that big, but he's going to have to play well because they're short on that exact aspect of the game. So if Zoo can pick it up and say, hey, Zoo's actually killing it for us now. This is great. Then they'll be a lot better. If Zoo's either the same as last playoffs or a little under or really underperforms, then you're like, okay, we're cooked. That's it. And you're like, yeah, we didn't have enough. It wasn't enough. So that, that's my take on that question. Uh, how are you feeling about it uh, as we head into the final stretch here? I think you're absolutely right about the zoo thing. I don't know about the PJ Tucker thing, and it makes me a bit nervous. But I think you're just going to really see the Clippers lean into small ball and smaller ball and just having more spacing and shooting and just kind of leaning into the offense. But I would be interested, interested to see against the Lakers, against Minnesota, do we play with Tice and Zoo? Uh, to combat a potential like AD Christian Wood lineup or Cat Gobert lineup. So I'm, I'm interested to see that, but you're right in the sense that it really does fall on Zoo. And in the game against Minnesota, we had one of them we didn't have Zoo and the other one Zoo not at 100%. And then I think it was the game against the Lakers in which we won, we didn't have Zoo. So yeah. he matters, you know, for sure. 100%. Okay, so we'll see how that goes. That's one of our big questions. My big question is really simple. Where do the Lakers end up after 82 games? That's what I want to know. Um, this is something I'm working on in my personal life. <laughs> but I, I struggle with, I just want to know the end. I'm like, just tell me what happens. Like, does do, do I get the job? Do I get this done? Does, is this a happily ever after scenario? Like, I'm always, like, fighting with myself about, like, wanting to just know the answer and understanding that, hey, it's part of the process. You got to go through it. But if I have one question to ask, which I have two, but I have another one, I where do they end? The way I look at it, there are three scenarios. Four, but we'll stick with three. One, they get in that top six. They avoid the plane. They just kill it. They crush it. Top six, right? The other one, 
they're in the seven eight. They get a little bit better. They can't catch the top six. They just have too many wins, and they keep playing well, so you just can't catch up to them. But they end up, they improve within themselves. They jump up to 7-8. The other scenario is 9-10, which is where they're at now. They just can't ever really gain enough ground. They win three games, lose two games. They just kind of stay there. And, of course, the fourth ones that are out, I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm not going to entertain that right now. So those are the three scenarios. So, Dime, of those three scenarios, which one's it going to be? Top six, 7-8, or 9-10? Well, before the season, I said they're going to be the fifth seed, right? So I usually don't waver on my picks. You know, I really don't in the middle of the season. But let me ask you this, right? I want you just yes or no answer. I had the Denver Nuggets first. Do you think the Lakers can surpass the Nuggets record by the end of the season? No. I agree. Now, I had the Sacramento Kings pretty high, higher than they are right now. But funny enough, the Kings had the exact same record at this point of last season. Do you think the Lakers could potentially catch the Kings? They can potentially. I don't think they will, but they can potentially. I agree. And I think the same goes for Phoenix. What about you? It's only four games back in the loss column. I know that's a lot, but there's still plenty of time left, and you never know if there's an injury or something that KD misses five games. Like, who knows? I think Phoenix, I think, no, I think Phoenix ends with a higher record than the Lakers. Oh, wait, I had Phoenix higher anyway. So, okay. I agree with you, but I still don't think that the Lakers are out of the woods there. Um, Clippers, I had them higher than the Lakers. And they're going to finish lower, I'd assume. So the only teams I have the Lakers that uh, I had the Lake lower than the Lakers that are definitely going to finish higher than them, OKC and Minnesota for sure. I had the Lakers higher than them, as most people did before the season, I would assume. OKC and Minnesota are going to finish higher than them. So I would think the Lakers could still get sixth. But if I'm honest, I think they're going to finish in the plan somewhere. In terms of where? Oh, Edwin. <laughs> That's the question. I don't, like, I don't like to waver. You know, if I had to pick, I'd say they're I'm gonna stick with my fifth seed prediction, but I as I said, I think they're gonna finish in the plan. So okay, fair. So yeah. my prediction before the season started was 53 wins. So for them to do that, they will have to finish the season 23 and 3. So, <laughs> so I'm in trouble, as you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, every game is must win. I, I'm not gonna ask LeBron, but I, I put in the group chat, I'm like, I should ask him, like, hey, can you like you help me out here, like twenty three and three. I need, I need it, buddy. <laughs> uh, one, I don't, I don't know what he'd say. Uh, he either roll his eyes or laugh, or he would just make me feel like a clown for even asking that question. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm not going to ask you. But I really wish I could. I'm like, I wish you could say, you know what, twenty three and three. I'll be honest. That's my prediction. Help me out here because we need it. But I don't think that's realistic. Twenty three and three is probably not going to happen. So they're going to fall short of my fifty three win uh, prediction. I think they're going to end up seventh. I think top six is too hard with the gap. The West, every team, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now, and we'll, we'll do a standing watch later. Every team in the West, except for the Nuggets, is on a winning streak. The Timberwolves have won four. Thunder, two. Clippers, one. Suns, two. Pelicans, three. Mavericks, six. Kings, one. Lakers, three. And the Warriors, one. So, again, big and small sample size, but no one lose. It's just so hard to gain ground. How are you going to gain ground? They're going to have to go 8-2, and 9-1 and one to, to overwhelm those teams that are winning and say, anytime you lose, we're going to gain ground. Like, we have to. It's just too hard. I think the West is just too good. They've dug a hole that they can dig out a little bit, and I think they'll get up to 7. I think the Pelicans might fall down. I think the Kings are still struggling. 
And I think the Lakers can jump up a little bit, but I just don't see them jumping up enough. There's just not enough time to get to six, I think. So I think they're going to get to seven. They'll get the home game, and then they have two opportunities to win a game to end up in the playoffs. So that's where I think they're going to end up. We'll see. I hope they do better. I, I would like them to be the six seed so that way they can avoid this whole thing and uh, hopefully uh, maybe not play as good of a team theoretically if if we believe standings are, you know, the quality of the teams reflective of the whole season, which they can be, they can't be. We'll have to wait and see because it's so tight right now. But ideally, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a six seed, but honestly, I'm going to have to go with seven at this point. But my prediction was 53, and I'm going to root for it until they lose their fourth game, which would eliminate them from that, <laughs> that possibility. All right, so what's your second question on the Clippers? My second question on the Clippers is, can we get the number one seed? Ooh. Wow. Okay. I'm going to answer that. Oh, it's a tough one. Can you get the number one seed? So I'm looking at it now. You're oh man, it's just the 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 T. You know what? I'm. Can you? Yes. Will you? No. I think you get the two seed. I okay. think the, the little fall a little. I think the Nuggets don't care. They just want to be top four. I think that's all they care about. Uh, and they're good enough. They're ready for now. I think they'll keep on just kind of yeah meandering a little bit and just. I think they feel comfortable that they're the defending champs and they'll be fine. I don't think they're going to fight for those top seeds. And I think that I think the three teams that are up right now, they all want it so bad. Timberwolves, I don't know the last time they had it this high. The Thunder have not been a top seed, you know, since like the OG days. And then the Clippers have historically not been. So I think those three teams are like, we want this. And the Nuggets are like, that's okay. If you want it that bad where you're going to win eight of 10, it's seven of seven of ten for the next like you know two months. You can have it. We're gonna stay at the four or five. We'll we'll play the fifth seed, whatever, and then we'll play one of you guys at home. We're the champs. We're okay. We got a top four seed. We'll take it. Um, so I think I think the Clippers will push. I just think the T Wolves will be the team that I think they'll hang on to it. I think it's gonna be a good competition, but I think the T Wolves hang on to it. I think Thunder fall down to to three, maybe to four, depending on what happens with them. But I think the T-Wolves get it, but it's going to be close. And I definitely think you'll be number one again this season at some point because it's it's only a, a two-game difference right now. Uh, what do you think? Uh, will, will you get it? Uh, I kind of agree with you. I think we'll likely end up the two seed, which would be amazing. I'll take that. Two-seven. We'll We're almost there. Mm. Uh, I think we'd have <laughs> – it's, it's really important what bracket the Denver Nuggets finish in. You don't want to see them in the second round. You'd much rather see them in the conference finals, final hurdle. But when you're a top two seed, the main thing is getting home court advantage against Denver. You're going to have to see them at some point. But if you have home court advantage against them, you've got a chance. So I agree yeah. with you for the most part. Okay, great. And then my next question, I think this is a big one that's going to make a big impact on the Lakers is, so it's a two-parter. One, will Vando return? Well, let's, let's say this. If Vando doesn't return, how much does that impact the Lakers' chances of advancing in the playoffs? Because they're, they're still 50-50 on if he's going to come back. They don't know that he's getting, getting reevaluated in, I think, two weeks from right now. Chance he doesn't come back, chance he does. We're not sure. But if he doesn't, does that change where they can go when he comes back? I think they can, they can really do some damage because he's their best defensive wing, period. So, Dime, Vando, if he doesn't come back, how does that change things for the Lakers? 
I think it really hurts. I think you don't have that many great defenders, and I think he's one of them. So I have a hard time seeing the Lakers winning more than one series without him. And even winning one series, you're going to be the lower seed, most likely, Edwin. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, yeah. No, I agree. I think – I mean, there's nothing they can do about Vandal coming back. He just either comes back or he doesn't. It, that, that's a health thing, right? And he clearly got hurt. It was a non-contact thing. It, it was awful. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he can come back. If he doesn't, it definitely – yeah, it, it hurts real bad. They were playing so good with him uh, on the court. And he looked like he was getting healthier and healthier. And just when he was finally breaking the 30-minute mark we were talking about, something happened. So – the team's looking better anyway because Rui's now in the starting lineup, which is the right thing. So they're clicking. The Lakers are starting to look really good. And I know people have complained, and it's fair. The Lakers should have a better record because LeBron and AD are healthy. That should be enough. But that core matters a lot. Again, we're seeing that the NBA is as, as deep as it's ever been. There's a lot of parity. You need everyone. You really do. And you really need those core players. People you know, made the complaints, oh, you need everybody healthy? It's not everybody. It's like those your best seven or eight kind of have to be healthy for you to really reach your potential. So no offense to Gabe Vincent. I'm not really worried if he comes back, but Vandal's definitely in that top eight and probably Cam as well. So, but Vandal for sure. So if he doesn't come back, again, what he does is not replaceable. And people who just look at stats and stuff, they don't know like whatever. He scores like five points, you know, four rebounds. He's like, no, you don't. You don't see the defensive stuff he does. He he takes so much away from their team. He's he, he exhausts them. He brings so much energy, and he's he's and he's good facilitating in the offense. He doesn't really score like that, but he's good at fitting in and still creating spacing without clogging lanes. Like he cleans up the glass. He does so much. He deflects so many passes, discourages so many shots, all that kind of stuff, and and no one else can really do what he does on that position in that role and how he's able to to really defend not one to five but I think one to four really really well so yeah he's he's a very unique player and it's tough when he's not there so that's one of my big questions can he come back and if he doesn't how much does it affect it I think you're right I think if he doesn't come back winning a a series is going to be tough because he just makes it so much easier he loves playing against SGA he does a good job against him if he's not there and we have to play them or something like that, that's like, okay, he's going to eat a lot because our best defender that we usually use on him, he's not here. So that's going to be a big deal if if he's unable to play. But we'll have to just wait and see. That's why we got to play it out, and we're asking the questions now. We're going to get the answers later. All right, what's your uh, final Clippers question as we head into the final stretch of the season? The most obvious one of all, can this run of good health persist? For the rest of the way. I mean, it feels like it's been too good to be true, Edwin. Like, could you have ever thought that Kawhi and Paul would have missed less than five games at the All-Star break? Like, this is ridiculous. They're going to qualify for the uh, 65-plus if this <laughs> continues. Like, let me act like Kawhi's actually going to be in the race. Like, it's amazing. I mean, I never would have thought. So, But see, they, something still could happen. So that's the main question. Can they go all the way? And then are we going to finally see Kawhi Leonard play in front of a sold-out Clipper playoff crowd? Finally, is this going to happen? It took a while before we saw it with LeBron and AD. Saw it last year, and it was loud. Yeah. It was they were ready for it. It was special. I wish I was there. I wasn't in the building, but everyone who was there was like, "I haven't heard it this loud in like ten years." I was like, "Okay," <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping to see it this year. I think I will. Um, I think they'll at least have the playing game. We'll see. So I I think for the most part, I feel I feel personally safe that they're going to be okay. I wouldn't be surprised either way because it's a long season, blah, blah, blah. Anything can happen at any moment. But at this point, I feel like, kind of like I feel with knock on wood, with AD and stuff. I'm like, all that, the injury bugs are gone. 
you've proven it. I think you're good. Something can still happen, but I think you're good. And that's how I feel with the Clippers. At this point, I'm assuming health. I'm like, if you're one of the people hoping they get hurt, I'm like, I got bad news. They've been healthy all year, man. I think you're going to have to deal with them. <laughs> I think that's what you got to uh, assume at this point. You're going to have to deal with them. And they've done a good job staying healthy and getting lucky and all that stuff. So I think they're going to be healthy. I think you, I think Kawhi will play healthily in a sold-out game in Los Angeles during the playoffs. I'm going to say it now. It's going to happen. He's going to play in it. So I think this is going to be – this is it. Oh, man, I hate saying these words, but I'm going to have to say it. This is the best chance the Clippers have of winning a title. It's this year. I'm not saying ever, but right now, yeah, this is the right. best one. It, it's better. They're no longer – yeah, they're – they have their players healthy. They have a good roster. They're well coached, and they don't have which again. The, I, I don't. I'm not the most religious person, but I do believe in the basketball gods. They don't have that that cockiness, privileged entitlement that 2020 team does have. This team knows if we don't bring it, we are not getting the Larry O'Brien. Or even last year's team. Last year's team kept downplaying the regular season over and over, like Ty Lue. Yeah, and the lost, fans did like, too, right? They, they ate it up. They're like. They're not worried. I'm not worried. I'm like, well, I got a bad news for you. <laughs> that was a, that was the Clipper Twitter civil war because of that. And I was on getting mm-hmm. targeted, but then I was proven right. So now they're taking. Unfortunately, it seriously. you were proven right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Yeah, but not this year, right? Everyone's on the same page. Uh, they they've talked it the whole season and they've backed it up because you know, of course, so many teams say, "Oh, we want to win a title," blah, blah, and then you know, they play the way they play. The Clippers have talked the talk and walked the walk. All year consistently. I, I don't I don't see how a fan could be mad at the effort and and um, focus the team has given night in and night out. It, it's pretty consistent regardless of the result. And the results have also been pretty good. So, yeah, this is to me, this is the biggest threat uh, any Clippers team has ever had at, at winning a title. They're, they're so balanced, all that stuff. It, it's really worked out well. We'll have to see how things go in the playoffs. They got it. Yeah, everyone so far, most of the West is pretty healthy. So that usually doesn't keep on going something happens somewhere but right now i'd say that you should feel generally good about it i think they're going to be okay and it's going to come down to like you said that first question you had do they have enough do they have enough size can they deal with those different matchups and all that and that's what's so fun we're going to watch the rest of the regular season play out see the rest of those teams play and then we'll um we'll assess from there okay so we already did a little bit of standings watch since we were talking so much about it but let's just do it again uh, really quick We'll go through the East and West, and then we'll preview the games. Even, even though they haven't changed since the last time we recorded, you you want to you want to put a pin in it for next week? Yeah, I mean they haven't changed since the last time we recorded. Remember, because we had to redo the episode, and we did it after. It was oh, time. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, we did it after. Okay, you're right. Okay, so yeah, no no point in standings watch. <laughs> we could just copy paste the last one. <laughs> so let's look at the schedule here uh, for the Lakers and Clippers because. Uh, there, there's still not games until I believe Thursday. Thursday is the first one, right? Because I think the yeah. Lakers play. On that Clippers one, yeah. are playing the Thunder on Thursday in Oklahoma City. So I'm not sure if the okay, Lakers. Cool. Yeah, that's gonna be a yeah, really Lakers, big game. For the that's such a huge game for the standings. But I'm gonna go with us winning. Honestly, I, I think Kawhi is gonna be healthy. He played in the All Star game, so he's definitely gonna play in that game. So I'm going with the Clippers winning in OKC and taking that second seed. It's a huge game and. I agree. I, I think that I think the Clippers are going to be ready. I think they're going to take care of business and they'll beat the Thunder. Ooh, Lakers Warriors. Oh, after all the hoopla, the the almost trade that was nowhere near an almost trade, but <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, they're playing each other again. Last time it was a classic. It was like triple overtime. Such a good game. 
I'm going to say the Lakers take care of business on the road, which I think is going to be tough, but I think they're going to do it. They're going to beat the Warriors. Uh, what do you think? You playing in Golden State? Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Warriors. Just because even though I think the Lakers have a better matchup with them, I'm going with the Warriors because I don't – this whole, like, LeBron's ankle, like, he's even going to play. Like, I don't like this talk going into the game. I'm going to go with the Warriors. Yeah, there's definitely a chance he misses. Um, I would not be shocked if he missed because if he, if he said that it's a chance he misses, I, I don't think he's joking around. Why is, that, he out there in Indiana? Why is he out there in Indiana? Like, does this not bother you guys? Like, what's going on here? Oh, does it not But I, I would have to know more about the, the details. I know he's been, like, having lingering injuries throughout the year that if honestly bothered him a little more than he's let on or has been kind of reported because he's kind of kept it on the wraps. He's also played through it. So, and it hasn't like, as you've seen, he's pretty much the same, but he's been dealing with discomfort, I'll say, for a, a minute. So I think he's trying to figure out what to do to make sure he can keep playing and stay there. So I, I think that was what that's about. I'm not too upset. One, he said he might miss it. He's just letting us know he might miss it. He might play, but he's like, hey, like I'm, I'm doing some stuff. I might miss. So I think it depends on if that happens. But I'm thinking, again, that's why I think Dave McMenamin's idea of, like, give him the full week. He could have got the treatment and had a couple of extra days off. It, it's tough to turn around. He couldn't also miss the All-Star game. Adam Silver would have been mad at him. And look how bad they played anyway. So it was kind of like, well, when can I get this done? And if he really feels like he needs, you know, some extra treatment on something, there kind of is no other time that that's really good at this point. And we still have... 30-something games and a playoff run. We want him healthy for the playoff run. We saw he was not 100% last time. So I'm kind of okay with it. I mean, I would I hope he doesn't miss anything. But if he has to miss because he's getting treatment, I feel like that's fair because the treatment's for the regular season to finish off. So let me put it this way. If I had to miss, if he has to miss two games to play the other 30 straight, I'm good with that. But obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. So hopefully, he can play. Hopefully, the Lakers win. Um, you have them losing. I have them winning. So we'll see what happens there. Friday, we also have a doubleheader here with with the Lakers Clippers. We have uh, the Clippers playing the Teddy Bears, the Grizzlies. What's happening on that one? In Memphis, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're winning. Yeah, same. Yeah, the, the Grizzlies again. Um, I've mentioned it before. I'm like, I don't want to hear about the Grizzlies until next year. At this point, they're they're a G League team, so you should you should definitely beat them and take care of business. Uh, the Lakers play San Antonio who they've actually had trouble with this year in that one of those embarrassing losses on Friday. Um, they had one last time. I have the Lakers winning. What do you think is going to happen? Lakers against San Antonio in San Antonio or in LA? In LA. Oh, Lakers. Okay, cool. So we got, we got that the same. All right. And then Sunday, that'll be the last one we recap. We have uh, Clippers versus the Kings. That's a big one on ESPN. Well, who do you got there? Is that in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Okay, then I'll be there. Um, I got us winning. I'm gonna be there. Oof. We we match up really well with the Kings this year. We've blown them out twice. Okay, okay. I'll I'll, I'll go yeah, with that. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, think about it, Edwin. They have no answer for Kawhi. Like, who's guarding him? Keegan Murray? Because if that's the case, then who's guarding Paul? Kevin Herter? De'Aaron Fox? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're right. They, they don't have the guys to guard us, really. All right, and then Sunday, the final game we're going to talk about is Lakers-Suns. That's going to be a rough one. It's a matinee game. It's 1230 out in Phoenix. Ugh, ABC 7. What what day is this? Sunday. This is in Phoenix and on 1230 mm-hmm. on ABC? Wow, what a game sure. that should be. Um, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with the Lakers. 
I don't like Phoenix. You know that. I'm going to go with the Lakers. <laughs> I haven't heard you talk about that before, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, 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 did, you did make a, a big fuss about that before. Um, oh, man, it's just tough. I, I, did I really pick the Lakers to run the table? You know what? Let's be optimistic. They run the table. They win all three games. They beat the Suns. Even though it's a Sunday matinee game, <laughs> they're going to take care of this. All right, so we'll see what happens there. That might take us to the 75% done mark. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll do the math on the the Clippers to make sure that's also true. We might do our, our second to last award show, and then we'll do the, the end of season one at the end of the season. So, Since three, we don't... so three straight LA, same day LA games? Yeah. Man. Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Yep. Brutal. And then, actually, it's four straight because let me see if the Clippers schedule is the same. Yes, it's four straight because after that, we both play Wednesday, February 28th, Lakers Clippers, which we won't bring that because that's coming up. We, yeah, you, yeah, you want to hear something funny with that though? We're not going to talk about the game, but I tried to get my ticket for my section that I have season tickets in, and they were all reserved because what they did was they allowed uh, people because the section hasn't been fully filled. Because what okay. it is is they, they gave, so let's say there's 85 seats in section 207, right? They gave 85 season ticket holders access to it but you can bring one guest every game if you want and with this system it has not been filled up at all throughout the season there's some games against the celtics against the lakers against the warriors where it was basically filled but other games sometimes they'll bring people from the 300 section to come down that they see are clipper fans because they want that section to be filled right even though all the tickets are sold so technically it's sold out right right but people just can't come because they weren't getting that attendance they have now allowed us to bring up to three guests. And clearly, the Lakers, everybody's bringing their guests because everybody wants to come to this game. And now I, who am in that section, one of the original 85, can't get a ticket. And I cleared my schedule for this. I have no coaching or anything to do. So are you kidding me? I may have to call the rep. Like, I want to go to this game. I missed the first Laker Clipper game on purpose because I knew I'll be at this one. And I could, I mean, you that's, should a, call it. that's a huge content episode for me. Like, a vlog. Maybe some post-game content, pre-game content outside the arena. I might be there. I'll have to see because uh, I think the Clippers are hosting that one. So I have to reach out to – yes. So I'm a a visitor, so I have to see. It it works a little differently from the home ones. The home ones – I mean, I still do my process, but, like, it's just – it's a formality. I'm I'm at every home game. But Lakers aren't running this. Clippers are. I was there last time, so I think we'll be – I'll be good for that one. I'll give you an update, like, you know, via phone or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, see if you can get there because I can get there. We've never actually watched, which is so funny. We've never watched an NBA game together, not even on television or something. we got to get that done. That That's kind of weird. <laughs> we talk about it every week, but we've never actually sat down and, like, okay, game's on. Like, let's break it down. So, obviously, we wouldn't be sitting together. But, you know, we'd be in the building and, you know, we could chop it up before or have time or whatever. So, that would be really cool. So, yes, talk to your reps. See if you can get in there. That'd be, that'd be really dope. And, yeah. Four games where we the Lakers and Clippers play the same day for four games straight, including the final game when they literally play each other uh, second to the last day of the month. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, we'll preview that next week and all that. But all right, that's going to wrap it up here. So uh, that is the end of episode 18 of Basketball on Figueroa. Hopefully the All-Star Weekend is a little more fun next time. And this is it. We're getting to the really good part of the NBA season. The contenders are presenting themselves. We got the 10 on each side kind of established. And now it's your final push. Are you a championship contender or are you a pretender? Because if you're a contender, it's time to contend. 
If you're a pretender, it's time to back away. So I can't wait. This is what we geared up all season for. We're playing for keeps, so let, let's see what happens, and let's see who gets the Larry O'Brien in a couple months.